0: Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name's Robert, and I am sitting here with Chad, and we're talking about legacy. We're talking about passing the baton to the next generation. So this week, Chad, you're, uh, you're talking about Elijah, and then somebody who has a very similar name, but is a completely different person, Elisha.
2: I honestly, so I just did the, the pre-record for church and home in the car, wherever you are. And because uh, that's a little different than what we do on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But um, as I'm saying it, I'm going, did I just get those confused? Because they're so <laughs> Elijah and Elisha. Especially
1: when you throw in the Texas accent, it's kind of hard to tell which one it is you're saying. So. Yeah,
2: I think I got them all right. But maybe if I didn't, hopefully people give me a little grace. I
1: bet they will. Yeah, probably. So there's this moment where Elijah is coming to the end of his kind of ministry career on this planet. Um, but God doesn't have him just like ride off into the sunset, Lone Ranger, whatever you know, movie role and movie roll credits. Instead, there's an exchange that, that takes place. Talk us through this exchange that happens.
2: Yeah, so it's Second Kings, um, chapter two. And what, what's interesting about this passage of scripture is Elijah knows Elijah knows that this is his last day on the earth, mm-hmm. and we don't know how he knows that. Um, but if you read it he knows it and then all these other prophets know it and elisha knows it so something went down where they know this is elijah's last day on earth uh, if you rewind a little bit so so second kings 2 is where we were this past weekend if you rewind a little bit and go back to first kings 19 which is where we um we ended the week before mm-hmm. elijah's in the cave mm-hmm. you know god's not in the earth earth wind and fire he's in the whisper uh, if you've been tracking with us, that's that's where he was. What's interesting is God sends Elijah back. So he comes out of this place of depression. Mm-hmm. God puts him back to work. Mm-hmm. But this time he gives him a friend. Yeah. And the friend is Elisha. And uh, I think we missed that. Um, some of the commentaries and stuff I read missed that. But there's there's just this precious moment, I think, that God does in Elijah's life by giving him this younger friend to do ministry
1: with him. How many times does Elijah say throughout his... Passages, I'm, I'm alone. all alone. It's just yeah. me. I don't have any and, and God's like, well, that's kind of your choice. Like, here's a guy, take him under your wing, and and God kind of just helps make that happen. Yeah. Quit your crying. Here's a friend. <laughs> Stop your bowling. But but how many how many people have encountered something like that where they're miserable, they're whatever? And and it's because it's not because of what they're doing in life. It's not it's because they're doing it by themselves. It's because there's not that relationship. We're made to be in relationship. And yet we try to avoid it because we're so busy just chasing whatever our dream is that that we forget that, oh, this is really what life was all about to begin with.
2: In the end, all that matters is God and people.
1: That sounds really good. Let, I agree with that. Yeah,
2: let's chase a rabbit for a second. Let's do it. So right now Katrina and I are watching um, the series The Crown. Mm-hmm.
1: So my wife is from. Scotland. By the way, you you watch a lot of TV and movies. Like, do I? <laughs> every time you're like, "Oh man, I'm watching this right now." That's that's what we do. Or you quote it. different things. Like you're you're yeah, really on top night. of it.
2: Well, some some of it is. Um, I remember mm-hmm. things. Yes, you that's do. part of my little gift I have. I can remember stuff. But um, yeah, Katrina and I usually will pick a show and we'll do that together. That's our show. So right now our show is uh, The Crown. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the story of the royal family, the Windsors, um, and, and Great Britain. And so I was just watching in the episode we saw last night. Um, we're watching Anne, and she's in this beautiful place in the Bahamas. And, you know, she's got more money. I'll say it in a Texas way. She's got more money than a show dog can jump over, right? She's mm-hmm. got all these servants around. She flies on the private jet, but she's all alone. Mm-hmm. And we all I mean, I'm sitting there going,
1: "Dude, like that sounds amazing. a
2: bungalow in the Bahamas <laughs> that I flew to on my private jet with servants and all that. Give me some of that, please." Mm-hmm. Uh, but the truth is there's uh there's no joy in it, mm-hmm. because she's by herself, yeah and and we we miss that, man. Relationships are what life is about. How many rich, famous people have have gone through the pages of history? They have everything that we want, and yet they They're were miserable, yeah. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I've I've been with, frankly, some of the poorest people on the planet who understood family, who understood relationship and were experiencing a lot of joy even in the midst of their poverty.
1: I listened to uh, to a guy who does coaching for business leaders, all like the Fortune five hundred, Fortune one hundred companies and all that. And he was talking about having conversations with CEOs of these great I mean, CEOs that are so famous, you know their name, and they're going, I wish I went and spent more time with my kids. Yeah. All this that I've attained, all this that I've accomplished, we turned this company around. Now it's, you know, making billions of dollars. I wish I didn't miss out on my kid's childhood and, and those kinds of things. And even as I say it, that's not profound. People are like, yeah, we know that. Like we all know that, but our behavior doesn't always operate that way. We we forget it in action, even though we know it cognitively. Yeah, people matter. Relationships matter. We We end up chasing all these other things.
2: Well, we're being bombarded with materialism constantly. We're being bombarded with all of these things. Uh, if it's not materialism, it's madness that we have no control over, right? Mm-hmm. And we're fixating our minds on this stuff all the time instead of the people who are around us, uh, what's right in front of us, the people who live in our house, you know, those, those kinds of things.
1: So Elijah's given his new assignment and it's not a message to deliver, it's a, it's a person to develop. And so you got Elisha now in, in the mix and, and talk about their relationship.
2: Yeah. Um, their relationship is interesting because, um, Elijah in this particular chapter is testing Elisha. Mm-hmm. If you read through it, he takes him to three different places and tells him, stop following me three different times. Mm-hmm. And Elisha every time tells Elijah, no, I'm never going to leave you. <laughs> and, and so you read that and you're like, what is going on? Well, Eli- Elijah is simply, simply testing Simply mm-hmm. testing him, I, I think the the big picture here, and I I, I said it in the sermon. Uh, the Bible says that life is a race. Paul calls it that several times in, in letters that he wrote to the churches. In Hebrews, it says that life is a race that we're to run with perseverance. Here's what we've got to wrap our mind around: it's a relay race, mm-hmm. uh, which means I am handing a baton off. I will be remembered for something. What will my story be? Mm-hmm. And so, we want to be intentional about the baton we're, we're, handing, we're handing off. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you said it really well just a moment ago. I mean, I remember God distinctly sp- speaking to me, um, and, and he said, you know, it's, it's not what you are building. Who are you building? That's what matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not what are you creating and all of this, it's, 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 who are you creating? Who are you building up? Uh, who are you investing in? And so you see that exchange in Elijah and Elisha's life.
1: So here you are, your lead pastor of a giga church, whatever you want to call it, mega church. Uh, you've been successful in, in your career path and all of this, who passed a baton to you, who invested into you along the way that, that now you're standing on, on their shoulders in the position that you're in. Yeah, that's a, that's a
2: great, that's a great question. Let's make sure we go back to that passage in a moment in mm-hmm. those three tests. Um, who invested in me? So I, my story is, um, you know, I'm, I'm from Mesquite, Texas. Uh, my dad was an electrician. Uh, my mom was an administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for the most part, you know, blue-collar family, um, we, we lived— uh, in a in a little neighborhood in Mesquite, Texas, and uh, my dad and mother divorced when I was eight, and so it was myself, uh, my younger brother who has uh, special needs, and my mom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think mom did a did a decent job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that was about uh, survival. Uh, my dad was still in my life; I would see him every other weekend, but but obviously broken, kind of disjointed. Thing. and there were always guys in the church because mom always made sure we went to church but when I, when I was a, a younger kid we had this thing in the church I grew up in called RAs, Royal Ambassadors it's basically Boy Scouts for Baptist people that's what it was <laughs> uh, but there was a guy, his name was Mike Fisher and uh, when he and his son would go camping they would invite me mm-hmm. um, there, there was a guy, we, we, called him, we called him Boo his last name was uh, Buchanan and Boo would take me you know, different, different places. I got to be in eighth grade and Dennis Drake, my junior high Sunday school teacher would take us and play basketball with us and things like that. So when I was younger, there were, there were those guys who kind of kept me around and in, in church. Mm-hmm. People, people don't go to church. I mean, they, they might go to a church because the teaching's good or whatever, but they don't stay at a church. Kids are adults alike because of that. Mm-hmm. We, we stick in a church because of relationship. Yeah. And so these, these people invested in me relationally. I don't remember anything they said, frankly. Yep. I don't, I don't look back to eighth grade, you know, my Sunday school teacher, Dennis, going, that was the lesson, right, that yeah. changed my yeah. life. I don't remember what they said. Um, I remember who they were. Yeah. And the way that they loved me. And that kind of kept me around. And even later high school years when I was rebelling, I still wanted to be around them because they, I knew they cared about me. Uh, and then as I got older, I made friends who began to really disciple me and light bulbs started to come on and all of that. A guy named Robert Dochelle is one of those. He's a pastor in Texas now. Uh, my youth pastor growing up was a guy named Mike Westbury, and uh, he's a guy that I'll forever be grateful to. He'll always be part of my story. Um, the list is long.
1: Yeah. Now, follow-up question, and we'll go back to the the locations. How many of those people know that? How many of those people that have invested into you that have passed along that baton are like, yeah, you know, Chad Moore, lead pastor at Sun Valley? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I was a part of that. Uh, a,
2: few, a couple of them do uh-huh. uh, because, y- y- you know, the church world's pretty small, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then there's different little pockets in the church world, and and that church world is a little different than ours, mm-hmm. um, more traditional, some of those kinds of things. So it, it's interesting that you say that. My, uh, my stepbrother died— Uh, A few years ago. And I went to, uh, obviously his funeral. I'd read some scripture at his funeral and all that. And I'm talking to Dennis, my eighth grade Sunday school teacher. Mm -hmm. He's like, Hey, I hear you're pastoring. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, and you're the lead pastor. I said, yeah. He said, how many people go to your church? And I always respond the way I always respond. Well, what number do you want? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I go, well, do you want online? Do you want Easter, Christmas? Do you want how many we had last weekend? He said, well, how many did you have last weekend? I said about 8,300 and his jaw dropped. (laughs) Right. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And we started talking about ministry and I had the opportunity with him. I can't go around and talk about, you know, career or whatever, but it was, he asked me and it was Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, but I had the opportunity to just look across the table and say, thank you, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? And I'm like, well, remember when you did this? Remember when you did this? Remember when you did this? And it, it was all about hanging out together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that impacted my life greatly. And so every weekend now I stand on the shoulders of all those people. Yeah, You know, uh, Scott Rideout's a name I didn't mention, but I mean, as far as uh, career investment. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott was lead pastor at Sun Valley for a number of years. He really invested in me, gave me opportunity that uh, perhaps other people in his position might not have given me. And so yeah, we we stand on the shoulders of all kinds of people to be where we are today.
1: And behind all that God's doing something, but he uses people. And he uses people in ways that maybe they don't even realize that they're being used, but I think one day we'll see clearly, you know, Paul talks about, you know, we we see dimly or like looking in a a dim reflection, but one day we'll see face-to-face with God. And I think we'll also see all that God is doing in this world to build his church, to strengthen people, to pass that baton. And we'll be able to see this picture of how he uses us if we'd be willing to be used for the simplest things that God does big things with, little things like basketball, little things like having conversations.
2: Oh man, uh, one of the most impactful moments of my life, I don't even know the guy's name, Robert.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, uh, when I was 19 or 20, I got really serious about Jesus, felt like maybe God wanted to be, you know, calling me into, maybe God was wanted me to be in ministry, was calling me into ministry. And uh, I wound up going to this church in Northwest Houston. Uh, and that area of town did not look where I came from. I, I came from, you know, more of a blue collar part of the city. This was very white collar, wealthy. I was totally intimidated by it. And there was a guy, a successful businessman. Um, I was an intern for the student pastor at this church. And he just took me to the side one day after I taught. And he was like, dude, he's like, you got the gift. And I'm like, what? And he was a guy that, you know, he's wearing a Rolex watch. And I mean, all this, you know, like, totally intimidated, right? And he's like, no, seriously, he goes, God's gifted you. He said, you, you keep going, right? I don't even know that guy's name. But that, that one little statement mm-hmm. of encouragement hit me at the right time in the right way and it just built some stability and security in me cuz cuz in my mind I thought okay he's successful he's smart and he thinks I'm smart mm-hmm. maybe I am mm-hmm. right and it, and it and it helped with all those insecurities that all of us feel and deal with so I don't even know I don't even know the guy's name I can see his face in my mind right now
1: so let's let, let's talk about these locations. Elijah takes Elisha, three different locations. As you're talking about the power of these words, as you're talking about the power of truth and, and all of that, Elijah is taking Elisha on this journey, and he takes him to, to Bethel. He takes him to uh, Jericho. And what was the third one? It's Bethel, Jericho, and the Jordan. And the Jordan. Now, now talk about the significance of those three locations.
2: Yeah, I had never seen this before, which is why I want to say it on the podcast, because I'm so excited to... <laughs> kind of get this information yeah. like, oh, I've never seen this before. And all teachers are like that, you know. Um, there's a lot of things I see in the scriptures. Nobody's going to care about it but me. So I'm just, just hanging on to it. But what's interesting is, so Elijah knows he's going to graduate. You know, these other prophets know he's going to graduate. Elisha knows he's going to graduate. And uh, by the way, he doesn't actually die. So maybe we'll end that podcast here, we'll end, end the podcast with that here in just a moment. But he takes him to Bethel. He takes him to Jericho. And he takes him to the Jordan. And every time he says at Bethel, you know, just stay right here and makes Elisha say, I'm never going to leave you. And then he takes him to Jericho, just stay right here. I'm never going to leave you. You know, it happens three times. Like a puppy chasing Jordan, him. Jordan, yeah. Yep. So, so Bethel, Jericho, and, and Jordan are all symbolic things in, in, the, in the Jewish mind. So Bethel, uh, that word means house of God. Mm-hmm. That's the place where Jacob wrestled with God. Uh, god changes changes his name from jacob to israel and the and the jewish nation is born um but bethel symbolically is the place where you hear god and my guess is elijah's just having conversations with elisha about hearing god mm-hmm. in bethel and then he takes him to jericho well jericho in the jewish mind that's that's where joshua was leading the children of Israel in the promised land. They marched around the walls of Jericho seven times and then blew trumpets and yelled and the walls fell, Mm -hmm. which is a horrible battle plan. It's terrible. Yeah. Can you just imagine him sitting with his generals going, all right,
1: guys, send out the marching band. Here's what we're going to do. Leave (laughs) all your weapons at home. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, and and let's get the marching band and the, and the girl with the baton out there. Yep. Um,
1: but that's what happens. And the point is God wins the battle on their behalf. Hear from God, radically obey God. Yeah. Um,
2: if you're unwilling to look foolish for God, you're probably not at a place where you're ready to be used by God. Mm-hmm. Um, God will tell you to do some things that don't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. And it's a test of, of your obedience. And then people will look at you and go, you're nuts. That's right. And sometimes in my life, I have, have obeyed the radical request. And sometimes I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I always regret the times I haven't because I have a what if, mm-hmm. right? So I think Elijah is teaching Elisha, hearing God, Radical obedience to God and then always put your ultimate hope in God the Jordan is symbolic for crossing over from this life to the next and so uh, what's cool is Elijah you got it you got to hear the sermon if you, if you haven't heard it uh, what's cool is Elijah walking over taps the water of the Jordan at parts they walk across on dry ground. Mm-hmm. They get to the other side. Elisha sees a fiery chariot come down and get Elijah, and Elijah goes up to heaven. He actually never dies. Mm-hmm. There's only two guys in scripture that happens with. One is Enoch in the Old Testament. Bible says he walked with God and was no more. What does that mean? I don't have a freaking clue. <laughs> but apparently he stepped off of this reality in, in, yep, into, into the, the new reality. Yeah. Well, Elijah gets taken up by this fiery chariot. The mantle falls that he tapped that mm-hmm.
1: Jordan River with. Mm-hmm.
2: Elisha so Elijah drops the mantle from the fiery chariot and it's on the ground. Elisha goes picks it up, walks back over to the Jordan, taps the Jordan with Elijah's mantle, and says, "Where's the God of Elijah and the water parts?" So they walked over on dry ground because of Elijah, he walks back on dry ground with the power of God on him, Elisha, that would be such a great ending to a movie mm-hmm. and it would set up such a great sequel. You know, <laughs> it just ends, it just ends with, with that. Um, I, I mentioned this quote in the sermon. I saw it on a tombstone a long time ago. You know, the music has stopped, but the echo still lingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the race is a relay race. We have got to wrap our minds around that. Um, you know, you you now lead our children's student ministries at all locations. You oversee that. It's a big job. Been praying for you. Um, I think Robert, in many ways, it's it's one of the most important jobs in our in our church. Um, children and student ministries, where where it's at, it's the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of you who are like, um, I'm an adult. And I can't invest in junior high or high school students because I don't know the Bible. All you got to do is walk and talk. Yeah. All you got to do is be like Dennis was in my life. And spend some time, go to Shake Shack, you know, mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff, and just let kids know that you love them and care about them and be another voice besides their parents that speaks good into their life. You have no idea, no idea. I'm getting choked up a little bit. We have no idea what God will do with those simple acts mm-hmm. of obedience. Yeah. Um, so let's be faithful to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes when I say serve in the church, people are like, oh yeah, he's the pastor. That's his job. You know? No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. It's not what I want from you. Mm-hmm. I want that kind of investment to be for you. So, so that one day it, it, it was so cool. Um, and I had no idea we were going to talk about my friend Dennis, but it was so cool because I hadn't talked to him in years mm-hmm. to watch his reaction and know that he's part of that story. Yeah. I want that for everybody in our church, yep you know, and I'm an odd duck and all that whatever but but when you invest in in in, in somebody's life in that way, man it impacts their future it impacts their legacy it impacts their children's children it's just massive, and I, think, I want that for all of us
1: I think kids and and students especially they're they're intimidating uh in concept and at a distance but when you get up close when you you know, in the the message, we sit around a fire and we just have conversations. When you get up close and you start asking questions and just be curious, man, they're fascinating. God's made every person unique, and uh, and I love just getting to know their stories. And just getting to know their stories is powerful. If you have the ability to ask a question to somebody, you have incredible power to help shape a life, and and to be that Dennis or to be one of those people who have walked alongside somebody and just been available. At the end of the day, I think our kids and students, they want to know when they come to church, does somebody know my name? Does somebody have any idea who I am? It's not complicated. And yes, we're going to teach and yes, there's going to be content. And over time, hopefully that helps shape some of their decisions, uh, but it's the relationships. That's the, that's the core of what our, our ministry really is built on. And um, I think there's a lot more people capable of that than they give themselves credit for. Yeah, And it's so
2: rewarding. Mm-hmm. it's terrifying. And then when you do it, I'll, I'll make it, you know, and it's rewarding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, this has been good. Thanks for uh, taking time and, and talking with us. And uh, if you are listening and you're like, Hey, I want to get plugged in and maybe you're in the area uh, and you want to get connected to one of our campuses, working with kids, students, or anybody, uh, you can actually go to serve.sv.cc. Um, or if you're just saying, Hey, I want to step up and help, It could be adults, could be lead a small group, whatever it is. could be online. You want to get involved with something. Uh, Go there. We'd love to help you take that step in any way that we can.
2: Yeah. Run the race, God and people.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.